say amen. We're glad to be in God's house this morning. Good to see you. Good to see you. I want to start a new sermon series this morning. I want to title it, I'm Determined. I am determined. You know, uh, when Isaac was in preschool, he won two superlatives in his preschool class. One was the biggest flirt, and one was the most determined. And uh, we said the most determined was just a nice way of saying stubborn, I don't know, but I'm determined. Are you determined this morning? Are you stubborn this morning? There are some things in our lives that we need to be stubborn about, right? And there are some things we need to be determined about. And we're going to see as we're starting this beautiful book of Daniel. It's not a long book, but boy, is it a powerful book. And I encourage you to read the book of Daniel. Uh, Several of you have told me that you're reading the book of Daniel, and I appreciate that very much. If you haven't started just yet, you have plenty of time. Jump in and start reading through the book of of Daniel. Do some studying. Um, Daniel is a book that proves the word of God in such a powerful way. When you read Daniel, you see things from the past. You see reflections here in the present. You see even things that are in the future that are to come. Daniel is such a powerful book. There's such prophecy in certain parts of Daniel that liberal scholars want to discredit Daniel and say that there isn't any way that a man could have written about history before history even happened. But it's a fascinating thing. We're not gonna get into all of that this morning, but we will, as we go through this series, we're gonna see how Daniel was shown things to come, and then we're gonna see in world history how all of those things fell into place, and there is one thing left to fall into place, and that is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a powerful book. But today we begin in chapter one, and we see some things about just the man, Daniel. We see the context of this entire, the entirety of this book of Daniel. In thinking about I'm determined, I came across a story, or actually a couple stories this week, of people who were determined. One was a a boxer who had broken all of his fingers, but instead of giving up boxing, he'd learned how to train a totally different dramatic Way He was so determined, and eventually he became a champion. This story this morning is of someone named Glenn Cunningham, a man who was severely burned. He went as a youngster in the 30s, (coughs) excuse me, to start a fire at his schoolhouse. And and something happened with gasoline and some type of an explosion, and, and this man, Glenn Cunningham, was severely burned. Doctors first predicted that he would die. Then they predicted they would have to amputate his legs. Well, he continued to progress, and then they said, well, he's gonna make it, and we don't have to amputate his legs, but he'll never, ever walk again. But this man named Glenn was so determined, even as a young person, he would throw himself off of his wheelchair, and he would pull his body across the yard, across the fence, practicing, trying to walk, trying to move. And 22 months later, he took his first steps through sheer determination. He was determined. And then he learned how to run. He lived a very accomplished life. He, he served in the Navy in World War II. He became a doctor. 
He even created a youth ranch for troubled kids where it is estimated he and his wife were able to raise and mentor over 9,000 kids on their ranch. He wrote a book called Never Quit. What I think, though, is most notable, maybe, about this man's story, this Glenn who was so determined, all those great things he achieved after such tragedy, but he was an Olympian. He was a two-time Olympic medal winner in, guess what? Middle distance running. A man who almost lost his legs became an Olympic medalist in middle distance running. And in fact, on June the 16th, 1934, this man named Glenn Cunningham set a world record when he ran the mile in four minutes and 6.8 seconds. My mile is pretty close to that, but not uh, quite there. He set that record and that record stood for three years. A man who was determined. One writer, when he wrote about Glenn, said it this way, the only one that can put limits on your personal will, your personal willpower, is ourselves. And I believe that this morning. In education, there's a term that is used called a growth mindset. It is a term where an educator looks at a child and says, no, you're not going to stay stagnant. You're not going to stay where you are. You can learn. You can grow. You can develop regardless of the circumstance, regardless of a disability, regardless of a barrier. You can learn. There's something powerful that happens in us when we become determined, when we say, I am determined. The Bible speaks over and over about endurance, about perseverance, about determination. And I can control internally my willpower and what I'm going to do and what I'm going to be regardless of the external around me. Think about that for a moment, especially through Christ. What does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And you may look at me this morning and you say, Pastor Greg, the external right now is difficult for me. The external, the things around me are difficult to navigate. I'm in uncharted territory. I'm I'm trying to live life in a different way now that I never have. Or I have problems that are coming against me that I never have. But I want to tell us this morning, on the inside, let's decide I am determined. I can do this. Through Christ. You believe that? Say amen. Whatever this is, I could look around this room and we could come up with a hundred different things that we need to be determined in, but whatever it is, I can do all things through Christ <coughs> who gives me strength. Excuse me. I want to continue on. I want to continue on in my walk and my relationship with Christ. I want to continue on in my education. I want to continue on in my vocation. Whatever it is that God has placed me or wherever it is to work and to labor. I want to continue on in my efforts to invest in the relationships of those around me. Those who are the most important to me. I want to continue on living like Christ in this compromised society and world in which we live. Today we're examining the life of a man named Daniel. Determined Daniel. Dedicated Daniel. Destined Daniel. Daniel begins here with a man with this man Daniel being repositioned. 
repositioned. And maybe you feel like your life has been repositioned. Maybe you feel like your life is now at a different place than it was maybe even a few weeks ago. But challenges cultivate our character. And if we find ourselves being repositioned, God is still working in our lives before, God, before Daniel found himself in an incredible God-ordained destiny that we're gonna see as we go through this book, he found himself <coughs> in a very dreadful place, a very dreadful place. Now, I'm not talking about the lion's den. I'm not talking about the story. Thank you so much. I was hoping somebody would do that. Uh, <laughs> Give me a water break here. Thank you so much. I'm not talking about the lion's den. The lion's den, when we think of Daniel, we think immediately of the lion's den, don't we? But Daniel, before he found himself in a lion's den, this bright young man, probably a teenager, was taken from his home, taken from God's people, taken from Judah, and repositioned and put into evil Babylon, this new empire, the Babylonian empire that was taking over the entire world. This evil, wicked king, Nebuchadnezzar, took him there. Look with me at Daniel chapter one, beginning at verse three. Let's read about what happened. Here's Daniel and three friends. You might recognize these friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're the three that we talk about in the fiery furnace. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, and had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So Daniel and all of these bright young men, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all of them were brought into the king's palace to be trained and even indoctrined, if you will. Verse five, and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now from among those were the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The names are gonna get changed. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego, because Daniel was the best of the best. He was the who's who. He was repositioned from Judah to Babylon. Look what happened to Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. They were relocated. They were taught the language of the Chaldeans. They were taught the literature of the Chaldeans. Their provision, their food, their livelihood came from the king's table. He was given three years of training and the goal was that they would serve the king and then their names were even changed. Daniel's name meant God is my judge but Belteshazzar, his new name meant Baal, the false god, Baal will protect me. And I see right here a picture of what is seemingly happening in the world around us even today with our young people and even all of us if we would allow it. The enemy is trying to reposition us. He's trying to re-educate us. I've heard commentators say those people need to be reprogrammed. 
But I believe God and I believe God's word. Do you believe God and God's word? I don't care about the language of the Chaldeans or the literature or wisdom of the Chaldeans. I don't care about the language of this world. I want to know the language of God. And here we see four young men who were trained in the king's palace and they tried their best to change them, to take the Judah out of them, to take the God of Judah and Israel out of them. But four men who said, no, that's not who we are. You can take us away from all of that. You can try to re-educate us. You can feed us from the tables of this world, but we are still God's people. And that's who we need to be this morning. That's who we are, aren't we? Are we God's people? I belong to God. And regardless of how this world around us change, regardless of what happens on the workplace and the indoctrination that might be all around us, regardless of how the people around us look at the world or the world looks at the church, we are God's people. I'm not gonna change. Daniel's name meant God is my judge and God is my judge. Every aspect of Daniel's re-education, they were trying to cause Daniel to live from a Babylonian worldview. And that's what's happening in our world today. From the youngest child all the way up, there is this, this agenda to cause us to see the world around us from a different worldview. But I want to see the world the way the Bible describes it. I want to see the world the way God sees the world. You see, Daniel was repositioned, but all those challenges cultivated character. It exposed who he truly was. Chew on that for just a second while I take a drink of water. (laughs) What's happening around us in these days and times and in the days and months and years that are to come, it's gonna expose who we really are. I wanna think about that. I wanna think about that where we're at right now, but where we're going, where this world is headed, the things that are changing, it's gonna expose who we really are. And we're gonna have to make a decision. Do we belong to Christ? Are we committed to stand without compromise, without change? Are we, here's the word, resolved. Are we resolved? Somebody say that word, resolved. Resolved. When I resolve, I decide firmly on a course of action. I am resolved. If you look outside at my car this morning, you will see that my two daughters put some graffiti on my car the other night and I haven't had time to get it off. It said, just married, honk, just married, because we we just had an anniversary. So for some reason, they thought they would celebrate by vandalizing my car, I don't know. (laughs) But I think about resolve I think about 22 years ago, 20, I guess it would be 23, we were married for 22, but I was resolved to make it happen more like 23 or 24 years ago, right? And asked for her hand in marriage. And when I decided on that course of action, I was going to pursue that course of action. Are there any gentlemen in the house that can say amen? You understand what I'm talking about. I'm gonna say, will you please marry me? right? Resolved. And when I decided I want to make this lady my wife, I was resolved to do that. And that love and that passion, and it translated in how I lived my life, right? 
How about with God? How about living for God? Do we have that kind of resolve, that kind of pursuit, that kind of love? You know, in the Bible, it talks about our first love being God. Are we resolved to take that course of action? Oh, I was resolved, I'm gonna marry this lady and we're gonna spend the rest of our lives together. But I'm also resolved that I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior and he and I are gonna spend all eternity together. I'm resolved. Look with me, please, Daniel 1 and 8. But Daniel, we could say it this way, Daniel resolved in his heart. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You see, they wanted to feed him and the other boys, the Hebrew boys, they wanted to feed them food that was not Levitically sound to what God's standards were for them as Jewish men. They wanted to feed to them food that had been offered to idols, to other gods. And Daniel said, please, sir, I don't want to defile myself with those things. I don't need your luxuries. I don't want your fine wine. I don't want your meat that has been offered to sacrifice Just give me water and vegetables. And there is the root of the Daniel fast. There's another place where this is going to happen in this book where it's 21 days. But those two things are the roots of the Daniel fast, which we did corporately back in January. But Daniel said, I don't need your luxuries. And I believe in our lives and more and more there's going to be things and temptations and and opportunities that this world might put before us. But if those opportunities cause us to compromise our conviction, our answer must be no sir and no ma'am. Is that all right this morning? No sir and no ma'am. You see, Daniel was resolved. Daniel, if anybody could have pouted, Daniel could have pouted. Have you ever pouted? Do you still pout sometimes? Look at your neighbor and say, don't pout. If anybody could have pouted, it could have been Daniel. Bright young man taken from his homeland, taken, relocated, but he was resolved, he was resolute. If anybody could have doubted, it could have been Daniel. Have you ever doubted? Have you ever doubted God? Have you ever wondered why? Daniel, out of anybody, could have sat down and said, God, why did you let this happen to me? But he was resolved. If anybody could have felt put out or angry, ever been angry? But he was resolved. He was resolute. Godly character in his life called, caused continuation. And what happens is continuation then causes more godly character. It's a process in our lives. Our godly character will cause us to stand up and to continue serving God. But as we continue, God does a work in us and that continuation causes us to have even more godly character. It's a beautiful cycle and Daniel shows us these things. Daniel remembered that just like his name, God is my judge. God is my judge judge. God is my vindicator. God is my victory. God is my rewarder. The Bible said God rewards those who diligently seek after him. That brings me to the next point, rewarded. These four young men, I'm talking a lot about Daniel, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were right there with him. Daniel was more of their, their leader and their spokesperson. 
But we see that this resolve, this continuation, this lack of compromising, but determination to stand caused them to be rewarded. Daniel 1, 17. As for, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in visions and Dreams. Now that last part is just gonna blow our minds as we continue through this book to see what God is gonna show Daniel. And the fact that this very day we are talking about this man Daniel, what a legacy. But it was because he had character and that character caused continuation and as continuation built more character in his life. And I wanna tell us this morning when I use that word reward, sometimes reward is not monetary reward. Sometimes that reward is not tangible reward that we put our hands on. Can I tell you there's something to be said for just having good peace of mind? Isn't it something to be said just to know I did the right thing, I'm in right standing with God, and it's in his hands. Isn't there something to be said about that? You know, I don't always get all the material things that maybe I want to have nor do I need all the material things that maybe I want to have. But if I can stand here this morning and say, I have peace on the inside because I know that my relationship with God is right and I know that I'm not compromising. Maybe I stepped away from an opportunity. Maybe I stepped away from a relationship. Maybe I pulled back from something that from the world standpoint, it looked appealing, but I said, no, no. My character means more. Maybe I took a stand that cost me on the workplace. Maybe I took a stand that cost me in prestige or in how others look at me. But on the inside, if I can have that inner peace and that confirmation of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever felt the confirmation of the Holy Spirit on the inside? Have you ever felt him confirm and show you, I, you belong to me and I belong to you and everything's all right and everything's gonna be all right? That's reward enough this morning. And sometimes it's just nice. Sometimes we're rewarded by the validation of God's people. Sometimes just a, a sister or a brother in the Lord who comes by and says, I love to see what God is doing in your life. Keep up the good work. Keep keep serving the Lord. I'm I'm seeing great things in your life. And you know that tells you and I, we ought to do that more often, shouldn't we? I should do that more often where we validate each other. You see, validation from God is more than just a reward or a material thing. Daniel was given great knowledge and wisdom and discernment. And more and more we need If there were things that we would pray for in our lives, I think we ought to be praying now for knowledge and wisdom and discernment. We live in unprecedented times. We live in times where where the the problems are ever evolving and, and it's hard to even understand what the problem is, more or less what the solution is. But now more than ever, we need to be like Daniel and have great wisdom and knowledge and discernment and understanding of the time. The king interviewed Daniel and his friends after they had made their stand and after they had refused the food from the king's table. They looked at them. They were healthier than everybody else because God sustained them. They were smarter and sharper than anyone else. 
Almost sounds like one of those commercials where they're selling those pills that say, take those pills, you'll look better, sharper, focused, all that after the end of 21 days, right? Or 10 days in their case. But in their case, it was the truth. And the king interviewed them and found them heads and shoulders above all of the rest. (coughs) And he hired them to serve in his court. And in verse 20, we see that he found Daniel and his friends to be 10 times better than any of the other advisors in his kingdom. You see, godly living does have an effect in our lives. Godly living makes us smarter. Look at your neighbor and say, you could use to be a little smarter. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Godly living will make us smarter. Godly living will make us wiser. Godly living will make us more discerning. Godly living will promote us and godly living will make us a notch above the rest. Can I propose to you this morning, wherever it is that you work, I think we ought to be a notch above as children of God. I think the people around us should see the quality of our work and the quality of our interaction with those around us and it should be a notch above. There should be an excellence to it because God is anointing us and helping us and we're representing God by our work. And by our work, that can become a witness and an example to God. The the Bible says, do all to the glory of God. Talks about our work as being worshiped to God. And I believe whatever it is you do, do it to the best of your ability and allow God to anoint you and be a notch above. And that's what Daniel did. And we're gonna see all throughout Daniel how that paid off and how God used him so mightily because of that. My final point this morning is we see God revealed. We see God revealed. Not only in the life of Daniel in this story here as we begin chapter one do we see God revealed, but all through this book we see what I call God's sovereign conduct. And it is amazing to me that when I think of history, history really is his story. History really is God's story, his story. Somehow, this sovereign God is able to work in the life of this man, Daniel. And at the same time, he's able to even work in the lives (coughs) of this evil kingdom of Babylon. And at the same time, he's able to work in his nation, his holy people, Israel. And at the same time, he's able to work and show things that are to come in history beyond where we're reading in Daniel. You see, God is a sovereign God. How does God put all the pieces together? Have you ever thought about that? How does God in our own lives, how is he able to take every part of our life and ultimately, if we're trying to follow him, get us back to where we're supposed to be? How does God work throughout all of history? How does he bring it together so that so much so on one day he is going to bring it all back together with his coming and his ruling and his reigning? How does God do that? Because God is sovereign and his ways are so greater than ours. His his thoughts are so higher than ours, his wisdom. And God is always working his sovereign conduct. Well, if I can believe that God is always working in this world, then I certainly can believe he's always working in me, amen? And if I can believe that a God that can conduct 
history from the beginning all the way to the end, a God that knows the history at the end that was from the beginning and backwards and forwards and in and out, a God who can know all of this certainly can orchestrate your life and certainly can orchestrate my life. You see, God is sovereign and that should give us staying power. Back to my term at the beginning, I'm determined. Somebody say it with me, I'm determined. I'm determined. I have staying power. I didn't accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior just to sit down one day and give it all up, did you? I didn't make a commitment to live my life for Christ one day just so that one day I would say, no, I'm done, I'm I'm throwing in the towel. I am determined. Say it again with me, I'm determined. I'm determined. His life became a legacy. So much so that we're studying it today. We're learning from it today. Here's that word again. He had a godly stubbornness. You and I need to have a godly stubbornness. So I ask you this morning, what do you need to outlast with your godly stubbornness? Is it a physical challenge that is bothering you today or maybe for the last days, weeks, months, or even years, a physical ailment, a a disability, a problem in our bodies that that we need to outlast, that we just need to say, I wanna have a stubbornness against this. And regardless of what happens with it or through it, I'm still gonna serve the Lord. What do you need to outlast? What do you need to outlast? Is it a situation at work? Is the workplace tough right now, difficult? Maybe new people have come in or some of the other people have been there way too long or whatever it might be. Is it a workplace situation? What do I need a godly stubbornness in? What do I need to outlast? Is it relationship strain with a family member, a relationship, a friend, a strain in a relationship? What do I need to outlast? What do I need a godly stubbornness for? Maybe it's a financial challenge. Maybe it's stress and anxiety. Do you know we live in a time where stress and anxiety are more prevalent than ever before? And I was doing some reading about Generation Z the other day. And Generation Z, it said, was already the most anxious and stressed out generation in history. And that was before the pandemic. And now the pandemic has Uh, multiplied that and enhanced that in a negative way. But I wanna tell us this morning, we have a God of peace who can help us in our stress and in our anxiety. What do I need to outlast? What do I need to declare I'm determined over? What is it this morning? Why don't we just declare that? Would Would you just say that with me? Whatever it is, let's just say I'm determined. Let's say it, I'm determined. Let's say it again, I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm determined. Now that's the internal determination, isn't it? Now that's a good step forward. That's a lot of steps forward. But you know what we ought to add to that? We ought to add to that that I've got a made up mind. I have a determination. But there's one above and beyond me who can help me now with my made up mind. And with my determination. Who is that? It is Christ. What does it say in Philippians? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say that together. I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. Let's try it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say it one more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, we're catching on now. Let's do it one more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you believe that, say amen this morning. Would you stand with me today? I'm determined. I'm determined. But not only am I determined, I know, I know that I know that I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There have been times in my life and there have been times in your life when we have done all that we could do But then Christ gently came along, took our hand and helped us take that next step that we couldn't take. Anybody been there? Or picked us up and carried us a few steps that we couldn't go on our own. And I wanna tell you this morning, you can do it. You can make it through Christ who gives you strength. God, I pray right now, help me pray this morning. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would wrap his arms around each individual. Wrap his arms around us and remind us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Lord, there might be some in this house this morning who are, who are brokenhearted, who are confused, who are, who are cast down, but wrap your arms around them and remind them to be determined. I can do all things through you, Christ, because you give me strength. Maybe there are some who are so frustrated this morning, so frustrated, but God, remind them they can do all things through you because you give us strength. And remind us this morning that we are your children and we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it because we're going to lean on you every single day. And your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness to us. We're going to make it because we're going to lean on you every hour of every day. And Lord, it might be that we need to lean on you every single moment of every single day, but we are reminded that your grace is sufficient for us. And you will not allow more to be put on us than we can bear. I believe your word this morning. I believe your word, God. Let your Holy Spirit confirm it in our hearts. And in our lives, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. If you need to pray this morning, this altar is open for you to pray. As they sing, let's pray and worship this morning.